listeners, welcome back to TSR episode 214. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Brian. It feels a little disingenuous to pretend that everything is good or even okay right now. Yep. I, yeah. The world is not great right now. No. And it feels kind of wrong to be recording anything that isn't about what's going on in the world. Uh, I apologize for this very depressing (laughs) intro. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, I guess we're finally going to talk about the rise of Skywalker. Speaking of depressing? (laughs) Depending on your opinion. Not our opinion. No, not our opinion. We are against the grain on this movie, I guess. Depending on who you ask. Yeah. Like, well, I guess we can get into it now. (laughs) This movie has a really bad rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and I don't understand why. I guess the only reason I I can guess is because The Last Jedi had a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and there's a very weird idea that this movie goes against um the last jedi which obviously as by what i just said i disagree with uh i mean there are i've read some articles where they you know discuss how this movie walks back on things that the rise of skywalker does or that the last jedi did but you could also find or write just as many articles about things the last shit i did that walked back on the force awakens so i think other than i think rather than pointing at this movie as tearing down the last one instead the critique should be these movies were not developed as a trilogy and it shows Mm, i would definitely agree with that sentiment i mean i end up like i ended up liking it all as a story but a lot of people did not um which i can understand because there are times when the story seems to be going one way and it goes the other way um and that's not a criticism just of the rise of skywalker the last jedi does the same thing um and you know then people will say well this the original trilogy wasn't planned as a trilogy but i mean it kind of was because george lucas had that in his head all along and it is a lot different when there's one main person sort of steering the boat whether you like that person's direction or not uh you know we've we've talked about it before on the show about how the prequels and the sequels seem to have the opposite problem where the Mm -hmm. prequels had a very defined story that they knew where they were going, but the execution was meh. Whereas the sequels had really good execution and good acting and directing and writing, but then the story was just like, what are we going to do? Let's figure it out as we go along. And it shows. Yeah, I, I would agree <laughs> with that. Um, I, I saw someone on Twitter point out that a lot of the fandom reaction to... um. Rise of Skywalker seem to be the first time people have ever been disappointed in Star Wars, 
which yes. I think goes <laughs> a long way to explain why you and I were able to enjoy this film for what it was. Because we're jaded. We're old and jaded. <laughs> that and um, we have been disappointed I mean, by Star Wars there before. were several. Okay. Well, first of all, let's talk about seeing the movie. Because we saw it five days after our baby was born. Mm-hmm. So we were very tired. We this It was obviously the first time we had been away from our baby. And we only got a chance to do this because family was in town. Um, you know, our minds were elsewhere. Um, we hadn't really gotten the chance to get hyped up for this movie. <laughs> um, you know... I had said throughout the last throughout last year, I'm like, huh, who would have thought that Endgame would have been my most anticipated movie of the year? <laughs> um, you know, and it was just it was there is a lot of out of universe stuff with it. I talked to um I think I think Jay mentioned this on the last episode of the Kanji cast that um he was always he was never going to end up liking this movie just because of Carrie Fisher. And, you know, there was a lot of out of universe stuff where I was like, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm really worried about it. And it's really hard to not think what could have been. So that is all to say that this was the weirdest viewing of a Star Wars movie (laughs) that we've ever had. Um, And there were a lot of times during the movie when I just kind of tilted my head and went, oh, okay, we're going here now. Cool. And then I just went on with the story because, eh, you know, it did what it did. Um, But then, you know, I've seen it a few times since we got it on Blu-ray, and I really like it. (laughs) I know a lot of people don't, and I can understand why, but I really like it. (laughs) I I think for me where it comes down to is I have a long history appreciating Star Wars in its hottest, messiest states. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, The Rise of Skywalker is a hot mess. It's a hot mess. <laughs> it is a hot mess. I mean, emphasis on the word hot. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, like, the pacing in the first half is just... Yeah. It, it's not good. Yeah. It moves too fast. Yeah. It leaves no room to breathe. Yeah. Um... The second half, I think, is is, is better mm-hmm. paced. Yeah. Um, but you get the impression that this film knew it had to do a lot mm-hmm. and tried to cram it all into what it did. And this is one yes. of the rare films where I'd say it needs an extra half hour. Yes. Or... It needed two other movies to be doing the groundwork, to be laying the groundwork that it laid. Um, You know, I disagree with the people who say this basically, you know, took everything the last shit I did and like said, oh, okay, we're not doing that anymore. Because I think the whole scene with Luke on Octo, it's basically him saying he was wrong. And that's what the whole point of him going to create was it's also a coda to his arc and you have to remember this isn't just a wrap-up for these three films it's a wrap-up for the whole nine film series yes um but like you know okay let's just you know talk about the palpatine in the room (laughs) um 
people hate this. And I know there are people who said this, like, ruined the entire sequel trilogy for them. I just laughed because Ken Palpatine. <laughs> it's not even one of the stranger twists, uh, stranger out of left field twists I've seen I in mean, Star Wars. It, it's out of left field because of what came before in this mm-hmm. in this trilogy. We are, I'm, you know, people can say whatever they want. The Force Awakens led you to believe that Rey was someone was someone important of of important lineage like i will argue that until i'm blue in the face um and then the last jedi comes and says no she's nobody which okay i'm fine with because i can see what they're trying to do and then the rise of skywalker comes and says actually she's Palpatine's granddaughter which I don't think they needed to specify that. They could have just said a descendant of a clone or an experiment or something. I think it would have been better if it had been very nebulous. It would have been better if it was literally just born out of the Force. Yeah. You know, same as Anakin. But, you know, a lot of people don't like it because they say, well, you know, she didn't need an explanation for her power, for her being so strong in the Force. Um, I mean, I don't think that's what this, that's what it's saying. Um Personally, I really like the idea of someone coming from the absolute worst of the galaxy turning out to be the hero, whereas the person coming from the family lineage that supposedly saved the galaxy is the bad guy. (laughs) And I think that's really interesting, especially when you consider the relationships between Palpatine and Vader. Um, and I really wish if this if this series was going to say have her be Ray Palpatine, I wish they had done it from the beginning, so they could have just gotten it out of the way and laid the groundwork. And this is where JJ shoots himself in the foot. He yeah. shouldn't have mystery if that's what he wanted to do. He shouldn't have mystery boxed that in The Force Awakens, just put it out there. Yep, because her dealing with that part of herself is really interesting, especially when you like look at how she acts like in other movies. Like she gets really angry and, you know, she is not afraid to like be violent and you know there's a scene in the throne room of her like screaming at the praetorian guards you know she's not afraid to use her emotions and then in this movie she has to deal with oh crap i come from the worst person in the universe Mm -hmm. (laughs) am i destined for that and then she has the same you know issue that luke has which is i need i i need to you know, hide away to stop bad things from happening. And Luke is like, uh, yeah, that doesn't work. Stop being an idiot. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really think they should have just kept it, had that from day one. And again, this is a whole criticism of the trilogy as a whole, not just the Rise of Skywalker. There wasn't a plan. And I, I think it's really unfair to criticize just one director on that one. I mean, it's, it's clearly everyone involved. It, yeah, it's top down. Yeah. It's like it's Kathleen Kennedy not picking a person. Yeah, like to she do this. she wanted the directors to write their own stories. Cool. Why not have JJ Abrams and Ryan Johnson and other writers actually like come up with the whole story? Yeah. Like I 
you know, look at look at this compared to, you know, Endgame, which whether you liked it or not, definitely ended <laughs> a 20 something movie arc that they had planned out. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, her being a Palpatine doesn't bother me. The fact that they don't lay the groundwork for it did bother yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say it's it's a development that I necessarily liked. But it's not one that I was a would have rather her been a Skywalker, but... I know. But! But! She kind of is. <laughs> Correct. So we want to talk about that now? Um, How people don't like I, that? I, I want to hold think it's... that. I want to hold that until the end. Okay. Because I want to. I want to wrap on that note. Okay. Um, we probably should talk about how Rose was sidelined. It was stupid. It was again really, when a Hobbit gets more lines. Yeah, that was that's dumb. A problem. He doesn't need to be in the movie. Everything he said could be with Rose. Like I understand why Snap is there because Snap was probably in the scenes that they took from the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Um. And or it was easy to put him in there because of background or whatever. But we didn't need the Hobbit. No, you didn't need him. That that was that was dumb. Um, you know, I think like I yeah, I think they 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 really could have done a better job finding something for her to do. And I think this is also the problem with not planning out your story well in advance because you know she's a new character who comes in the last jedi which is great you know having new characters is good but then like what's the plan for her like mm-hmm. you know and yeah it is a problem that like there was no plan yeah. at any point but it's also a problem that they couldn't at least muster yeah something and it's you know i i said i said i think one of the problems is they introduce so many new characters in each movie that other characters end up getting sidelined. And, you know, it's great that Rose was introduced in The Last Jedi, but then they introduce new characters in The Rise of Skywalker and she ends up getting sidelined because of that. And it's really hard to say, like, you shouldn't have a character like Janna, but then you know, Rose doesn't have as much to do. So it's like, if you want to introduce new characters, you need to make sure the characters you do have still get stuff to do. Like, they could have done so much more with Janna, especially. Yeah. Like, you had the setup there where you could have been like, Finn is the one that inspired these rebellions. Yeah, that Could have gone me. that route and didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so close. I think that's that's a big, that's a, there was they were so close at doing so many things in this movie and then just kind of fell super short mm-hmm. like you, rose is it has a big role in the resistance but we're not going to show her doing anything yeah like <laughs> the the thought that you, we use rose as the centering character with leia that's a great thought but mm-hmm. you didn't do anything with it yeah um like if you're not going to do that Send her with the others, mm-hmm. and she's the one that knows Babu Frick. Yes. And drop Zori Bliss like, entirely. I like Zori, but she didn't need to be in the movie. No. It was just to get a character who looks cool. And yes, I'm glad that it's another female character, but, but. you have one already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes, make more, but don't sideline the ones you have, especially when they're not white. <laughs> Also, Poe was a dr- Poe was a drug runner. Not great. 
no, that was dumb. I and like, I, and another reason Zori annoys me is because it's clearly a no homo thing. Oh God, yeah, it's like which, ugh, it, it was so aggressively heteronormative. Yeah, which I mean, you know, Poe, if anything, is completely and utterly pansexual. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. like I was, I'm like, oh, of course, Zoe want or Poe wanted to get with Zori because Poe wants to get with everybody. He's <laughs> he's Star Wars Captain Jack Harkness. Yeah, but the filmmakers were obviously trying to make it be like, look, Poe's not into Finn. Poe like Zori, and it's like, shut up. Like you have them fighting like an old married couple in this movie. Just yeah, yeah. Uh- Poe and Poe and Finn had way yeah. more romantic chemistry, just mm-hmm. arguing with each other. Yeah, and that's the other thing, you know. You do that work, but then you won't commit to having them be in a relationship. Like I don't know who to blame on that one. Is it JJ? Is it Disney? Kathleen Kennedy? Is it Bob Iger? Or is it just they're afraid? Or are they all just cowards? Yeah, it's probably they're all just cowards. Yep. Top down cowards. Yep. <laughs> but uh, but things we did like um, the the mission they all went on was super fun. Um, I loved seeing the three of them actually together, which I wish we could have seen in the first movie. Um, and they are. I just want to see more of their adventures together. Um, you know. Ray trying to connect with the Jedi of old. Leia training Ray. Oh my heart. <laughs> I my need heart. that I need that book. Yeah. Um and then everything like on a uh, Pasana where Ray like uses Ray and Kylo are fighting over the ship and then the force lightning comes out of Ray and they think she thinks they killed she killed Chewie like that was just heartbreaking like even if you realize Chewie can't be dead because we've seen him in other parts of the movie and trailers mm-hmm. but it was still like the emotion was really good yeah um and the whole stuff with like her using the healing like that was I, I love I loved all that stuff. Um the you know, the stuff with Palpatine, like I mean, I kind of feel like he was just very like stereotypical villain in this movie. Not that there's anything wrong with that because Ian McDermott is great at it. <laughs> but it was it, it, to me it felt very much like, okay, we killed the bad guy in the last movie. We want Kylo to be good in this movie, so we need a bigger bad guy. So let's bring back Palpatine. <laughs> and of course, this brings us to Kylo. Yeah. Just... Mm. Again, this was part of the problem of not planning things out, because then you might have not killed Snoke in the second movie. Or you could have been laying the seeds for Kylo to turn good, if that's what you really wanted. Um, personally, I think they should have just doubled down on Hux being the bad guy. Oh, I agree. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Um, I didn't end up really minding Palpatine being the big bad. I just wish, again, I mean, it, it had been... Again, it was another, hey, this is a great idea. Palpatine's been pulling the strings the whole time. Yes. But! Do that from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, you know... 
I, I'm not a fan of the Kylo Redemption arc because I don't think he earned it. I don't think he did enough to deserve it. it it's even harder watching that now after finishing She-Ra. Yep. Exactly. We're going to be talking a lot about She-Ra in the next couple episodes, I think. Yeah, so if you have not watched season five of She-Ra and the Princess of, of Power, we're going to spoil it now, so skip ahead. Um, so in She-Ra, you know, Catra has been the antagonist for pretty much the whole show. Um, there have been seeds laid for her redemption and she has fought every one of them and doubled down on being bad um the difference is that adora has called her out on it and said you know that you did this to yourself you know you've made your choices not me and basically said i'm no longer responsible for the things that you do yes katra came from a really horrible environment was subject to abuse by her teacher has abandonment issues from her best friend leaving her, but they make it very clear she has a choice to be better, and mm-hmm. she doesn't take it. Um, when and the show never, ever apologizes for her behavior. Yes, and when they when she finally does decide, I'm going to help the good guys. She basically does it because. She's lost all hope and she's like, I need to do something good with my life and like fully intends to die. Um, She's been like brainwashed um, by the evil horde and like, you know, she basically has nothing left Um, and she does something good. And then she's like, why the hell would you come and rescue me? I told you to stay away. Um, and then once she is rescued, she decides, I'm going to earn this. And no one trusts her. No one trusts her. She doesn't even trust herself, really. And she's not, like, all of a sudden fighting for the, the you know, princesses. And she's entirely changed. Like, she's still really uh, acerbic. You know, she doesn't like them. <laughs> She's sarcastic as hell. You know, she doesn't change personalities just because she's now on the good side. And I really appreciated that. Um, but, you know, I it, she this happens like halfway through the season, season. So she has an entire, you know, few more episodes to earn her happy ending Mm -hmm. if it even is a happy ending kylo doesn't do anything if he was gonna earn a redemptive arc Mm -hmm. he had to turn face at the end of the second movie not even the end of the second movie yeah in the in the fight in the throne room yeah i mean i i can accept him doubling down because catra doubled down a bunch of times i just would have liked to have it happen at the beginning of this movie or toward the middle, which I guess it does, but the problem is he doesn't join with the resistance. Like he does like he just goes to help Ray, which yes, that's good. And he ends up giving his life for her. But like I feel like there could have been so much more. And it's doubly frustrating because honestly 
from what we saw in this movie, I fucking loved Ben Solo. <laughs> and yes, I will, like, I would love more stuff with him. Like, Ben Solo, like, he was, like, funny and sarcastic, and he didn't say a word other than ow. Like, that that little shrug he gives after he gets a lightsaber, like, Adam, it's perfect. Adam Driver has good comedic chops and timing. Yeah, like, he's, com- he's like, com- his personality has completely shifted after that. And it makes me really mad we didn't get to see more of that. And, like, again, makes me wonder, like, in an alternate universe where we could have seen Ben Solo's fall from grace and then him coming back, <laughs> you know? But, like... I was against a Kylo redemption arc. I they were going to have to do really good job to win me over. They didn't. I don't think he earned it. Um him dying I think is really the only way they could have ended that. Um although I kind of wish he didn't die because I would have liked to have him have to work for it the rest of his life. But Star Wars doesn't do that. <laughs> Star Wars doesn't do subtlety while yeah. an animated children's show does. Well, and also the frustrating thing is you want a good redemption arc in the sequel trilogy. You've got one and his name is Finn, mm-hmm. <laughs> who defects at the very beginning of the first movie and spends the rest of the that movie and the following two fighting for the good side and to make up for all the things he's done. So, yeah. There's your redemptive arc right there. <laughs> yep. Just. And um, like, and again, this isn't just a problem with this film. No. It, it spans all three. Yeah. And like, I, I know I'm, you know, a lot of people disagree with me. A lot, a lot, a lot of people disagree with me. Disagree with me. I don't see any. I never saw any romantic chemistry between Ray and Kylo. The Mm-mm. only time I ever saw something was when Ray said, "I wanted to take your hand, Ben's hand." And to me that more came off as her wanting, like her wishing there could have been something between them. Whether that be romantic or friendship or camaraderie or I, something. I read that more as kinship yeah. than romance. Like that they both have this power and they're really the only people who can understand it. And, you know, she wished that things could have been different. Mm-hmm. Um, can we here? Let's talk about something with Kylo that I really liked. Excellent. That scene with Han. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> How did they pull how did they hide that yeah like obviously it's also really hard to talk about because you know that scene was meant to be with carrie Mm -hmm. and they couldn't do that so they but them redoing that scene in the force awakens on star killer base was genius and you know being able to have a different ending i think was perfect i I hate that it came at the expense of Leia's life. Um, you know, I don't like the idea of a female character basically giving her life for someone else. But again, really weird time for me to see a Star Wars movie. Five days after my son was born, I was like, oh, God, I can understand this now. <laughs> 
I can understand why a mom would do this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, I mean, because then you say, what else could they have done with Leia? It's it, nothing, nothing it's, would have been satisfying. I'm ultimately a little more forgiving of how Leia was utilized in this because you have you might have a bunch of options, but they all suck. Mm-hmm, pretty much. None of them are great. I don't know if I was writing this, if that's how I would have done it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I don't think it's possible for me to be happy with anything they did. Yeah. So like they they obviously meant for Leia to be the one to reach out to him and you know be the reason he turned good um and you know which is really really meaningful considering she never believed in the good in her father mm-hmm. and Anakin um so to see her now be the one saying there's good in him is oh yeah um i do like i do like this way more than him like kylo ended up killing her or her dying in battle or something like that like you know as much as it sucks she gave her life on her own terms to basically help save the resistance the only way she really could at this point Mm -hmm. um but yeah the scene with han a perfect amazing like again right after having a baby hit you right in the goddamn feels <laughs> and him han saying i know oh that was Ugh. yeah and touching his face like yeah they they got you like it was really like it was funny because uh funny story brian ended up leaving the theater to go to the bathroom like right after like whatever the scene before this was like I think it was Ray leaving, and then I assume that was just going to be a cutaway to another shot right. I had a little bit. So Brian's like, "I'm gonna, I, I gotta go." So I'm like, "Okay." And then um, you had like gone around the corner, and then I hear, "Hey, kid!" And I went <gasps> because I thought it was Luke, and then I realized, wait. That wasn't Mark Hamill's voice. That was Harrison Ford's voice. And I was like, oh, my God, Brian. And then you ran back and I was like, oh, good. He heard that because (laughs) that would have been so upsetting if he missed it. Uh. (laughs) Can we talk about another thing that really disappointed me in this movie? Boy, for two people who actually like this movie. This is the one, the other thing that really disappointed me. And then we can. Besides the Ray Locus, because bar for Rooney, I fast forward it, whatever. (laughs) Whenever we get to that part. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. Um, if they were going to make Hux the spy, they should have followed through with it, had him go back with Poe and Finn, have to go to the Resistance and face everyone and be like, um, yeah, I'm the spy. So, um, yeah, I guess I'll be going now. Uh, no, you're staying here with us. We're going to put you on trial for war crimes or have him try to, like, be good rather than just shoot him because mm-hmm. that was stupid. Like, Hux deserved better. Hux did deserve. Hux is awful, but he's great. And, like, him, like, when he goes, I'm the spy, I laughed so hard and I was like, oh, my God, this is my favorite trope. Like, that is literally my favorite trope, the bad guy joining up with the good guys to beat the bigger bad guy. 
We we could have had it all And there. him going, I don't care if you win. I just want Kylo Ren to lose. Has, is there anything more Hux? No. <laughs> I mean, on a serious note, though, if they were to do that, Rose would have a chance to confront him again. Right? I, and like that whole part of like when when Poe going, I knew it. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> like and like yeah, Finn being able to, like him and Finn being together would be so awkward. Rose and him being together would be so awkward. Like it could have just been so awkward and so funny, but also give them a way to actually like show a redemption arc, but not really. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I really hate that they killed him the way that they did. Shadow Weaver handled this better. Yeah. Another uh, She-Ra yeah, like, comparison. Yeah, like, I mean, Richard Grant's character was really pointless. Like, if you were, like, I guess they needed him because they were like, okay, well, Hux is going to be the spy, you know? But, yeah, I it's dumb. Yeah, not a fan. <laughs> no. Uh, let's talk about other stuff we liked. Um, Wedge Antilles. Yes. <laughs> it was only the briefest of cameos, but he was there and I was happy. And um, we're going to just ignore the fact that he showed up right after his stepson died. Listen, Snap punched out, <laughs> woke up like 48 hours later and was like, "What? Wh- where, where the hell is everyone? <laughs> yes, Snap punched out. Hux is wearing a bulletproof vest. Everyone's fine. Screw save Ben Solo. Save <laughs> Snap Wexley. Oh my god. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm so glad that they got him back to do this. Um, you know, that whole battle was really awesome. The music when Lando comes back and is like, there are more of us. Like, that's the kind of shit I need to watch right now. <laughs> I wish they I wish we'd got to linger on the people's fleet more. I wish they hadn't shown it in the trailers. Oh, God, right? I wish I'd gone into that blind. I wish they had shown more people in the individual ships than just Lando and Chewie and and Wedge. Like, you know, they could have shown different people in the cockpits of the ships. Regular movie-going audiences don't know who they are, but they're people who are fighting but they could be people like um kaz from resistance or zay from inferno squad people that we know and for other people it's just whatever you know i i will always compare this to portals from endgame because every single arrival in that scene got such humongous applause and yeah there's 20 movies that they had to work with introducing all these characters but like everyone got their entrance for even the briefest of moments and like doing something like that would have like made me pump my fist and i really wish they had followed again this is the one this is the criticism great idea right there but you didn't quite go all the way but that music that there are more of us like that was just a great a great entrance and lando in general was 
amazing in this movie. I loved him. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of Lando in the world. Like, I like him, you know, but he's just one of those characters who's there, um, you know, and I, you know, never had anything for, you know, super or for or against him. But this movie, I was like, I he was loved stellar. Him. He was stellar in this. Yeah, he was like exactly the the gravitas they needed and that older presence and that part when when Poe's like, "How did you do this?" and he's like, "We had each other," you know, and like coming from him who like wasn't initially in the rebellion but ended up joining it because of his circumstances, like. That was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only that part bothers me because they meet him on Pisana, which again I, was a great entrance. Um, and then like he's like, you know, give Leia my love, and they're like, give her your love for, give her your love yourself. And then he's at the resistance base. And it's like, wait, <laughs> I thought he wasn't going there. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> yeah, there was there was a scene somewhere that yeah. I think we were missing. But um, I really want to know all the stories of Lando and Luke searching for Ochi. Um, like, you can't just drop that in that they went searching for this together and then not have that be a book or a comic. Yeah. Like, come on. Give that to me. I need it very badly. Please. <laughs> uh, what else do we want to talk about? Oh, there are so many things we could talk about. Um, I really, I really did like both Finn and Poe taking up leadership roles. Yes, in the general, end. general. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Um, the Death Star was really creepy, and they did a really great job with that art direction or whatever. The like, art direction and music cues there. Oh my god! When Ray starts creeping through the corridors and you hear those notes from Darth Vader's death, like I went. <gasps> Like, using old musical cues is, like, my kryptonite. <laughs> like, I'm automatically like, ah! <laughs> Which is why the scene of Luke raising the X-Wing on Octo gets to me, because they use the exact same music from Empire. And I love it. Yeah, I I don't care what anyone says. I loved Luke raising the X-Wing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's a nostalgia bomb. Mm-hmm. But it's a coda for his arc. Yeah. And I think you're being obtuse if you can't even read into it that way. Um, Can we talk about my favorite scene in the whole entire movie? Possibly my favorite scene in all Star Wars. Let's do it. Do you know what it is? Oh, surprise me. What is it? <laughs> you don't know what it is? I'm not sure. What is it? <gasps> you don't know? Luke and Leia training together. Oh, right. I was going to bring that up earlier. Uh, <laughs> Luke and Leia training together. Like this. Okay. So my pipe dream, which I knew wasn't going to happen, but I would have loved it, is if Luke's force ghost had been de-aged to be Return of the Jedi era Luke, because we know that force ghosts can be younger thanks to Hayden Christensen. And having Luke be his self when he declared himself a Jedi, I would have died. And we know that they have the technology to do that. But obviously they didn't do it, Um, which is fine because Mark Hamill's great. And I like any time I get to see him. But then he talks about Leia and he brings Rey into his hut and has her take out Leia's lightsaber, which 
First of all, holy shit, Leia had a lightsaber, and it's beautiful. Then they show the flashback of the last night of their train of Luke training Leia. And like my eyes just about bugged out of my head. And I was like, I need this. I need this in every format possible. I need this in a video game. I need this in a comic. I need this in a book. I need this in a pop-up book. <laughs> I, I need it in a Disney Plus show. Like, Luke training Leia is everything I've ever wanted to see in my life. Like, as a fan of Legends, like... That was a big storyline, you know? He trains her throughout the Thrawn trilogy. He trains her later on, and she finally becomes a Jedi. Like, I don't necessarily like her being a Jedi, but I love him teaching her the ways of the Force. And, like, like obviously, that was what Yoda intended. Yeah. Um. To, so to see, be able to see that, and also to know that Leia was being played by Billy, like, oh my god, like... It was like two sec, like thirty seconds, and it just was like everything to me. I need, I need all of I it. I just love in that thirty seconds, like you said, they did the thing I wished they would have done in Legends. They trained her up, and then she became a Jedi. In this, they did what I wish they'd done. She gets trained up and decides, no, this is not my path. Yeah. Yes, it was great. So good. Yeah. So, should we go to the end of the movie? We should go to the Since end. Our, our child is, is moving around now. Oh, dear. <laughs> we apologize for this being a shorter episode than usual, but uh, you're just going to have to get used to that with, <laughs> as we're raising a child. Um, the end. Controversial, to say the least, but I loved it. Yeah. Um, so, we end with... The celebration at the Resistance base, which is wonderful, and the hug between Ray, Poe, and Finn is just, you know, warms my heart every time. But then we cut to Ray going to Tatooine. And we see Sandcrawler, we see the Lars homestead, and immediately I went, oh, no! <laughs> Because I knew it was coming, and I was very angry about it, about the emotional manipulation. So she goes there, she slides down into the home and homestead and walks around and pays her respects. Then she buries the lightsabers, and then someone walks by and asks who she is, and she says that she's Rey Skywalker. So first of all, Rey is not staying there. She didn't just take the Falcon and BBA and peace off to Tatooine, never to be seen again. <laughs> like Poe would never let her take BBA. Poe would never let her take BBA. Chewie would never let her take the Falcon. Um, so like I don't understand why people assume that she's going off to be a hermit. I guess because that's what people do on Tatooine, like. They, and it because it's the end of the movie. Like so, one crazy old man did it once. <laughs> but like she ignites her lightsaber at the end of it. Like she's built a new lightsaber. It's completely different. It's got a new color. Why would she? Why would they bother showing her igniting her lightsaber if she's then just going to stay on Tatooine for the rest of her life? 
That's so stupid and doesn't make any sense. And I don't get where people get that idea. They get it from uncharitable readings of a film that they don't like. Yeah. And then the whole idea of why would Ray be going to Tatooine at all? Okay, well, there's both in-universe justification and meta-narrative <laughs> justification. In-universe, this is the last link to the Skywalker legacy. And as it is that last link, it is appropriate for the lightsabers to be buried there. Yeah. Meta-universe, or meta-narrative come on this is where this all started you're out of your mind if you don't think this was going to end with a twin sunset shot on Tatooine yeah like I don't I don't see how it's a stretch to think that at some point Leia told Ray stories about Luke on Tatooine that she had heard from Luke you know or that she that she had heard from Luke like yeah. why would why would she not have because mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like ray didn't get that much time with luke so you know this, this wouldn't is, they talk about him this is one of those criticisms that frustrate me because people who pushed back against these uncharitable criticisms of the last jedi turn right around and can't come up with a single reason why ray would know luke is from tatooine because his sister told him. Like, it was, it <laughs> was stupid when all this criticism showed up in The Last Jedi based on, oh, the film didn't explicitly say this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was dumb then, and it's dumb now. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it makes sense. It does. It make makes sense. total sense why Rey would have gone there. And it also makes sense why she would take the name Skywalker. Mm-hmm. So I know people don't like that because they're they are hung up on the film supposedly backtracking on Ray as a nobody. I like this because it is a rejection of toxic blood and an acceptance of found family. And that is that is an angle I love in fiction. Because I think it's very powerful, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. And that is explicitly what Ray does in that scene. She says, no, this is who I am. For the first time, she says, this is who I am. And she takes that name and goes, to, goes off, presumably, to build a new order, mm -hmm. unshackled from... What the dogma and burdens of what was before. Yeah. Like, she, like, her becoming a Skywalker would have had the same effect whether she had not been a Palpatine or not. Like, she's saying it doesn't matter where I come from. It matters who I am now and my and, family now. And that is... That isn't a rejection of the premise of The Last Jedi. It, that is a continuation of yeah. it. Yeah. This is Rey saying, okay, no, this is who I am. Yeah. I came from nothing. And I mean, that's the whole, like, I mean, that's Star Wars in a nutshell. Anakin is born a slave and ends up going off and becoming a Jedi and, you know, 
his whole struggle is trying to become who he's meant to be. You know, he's born a slave, he is free, becomes a Jedi, and then ostensibly becomes a slave to the dark side. <laughs> you know, um, Luke is a f- farm boy on Tatooine, assumably from nobody, and ends up becoming a Jedi. You know, Leia is a princess um, who ends up fighting for the rebellion, you know. Then there's Han, you know. Every character in Star Wars is someone who, like, takes where they come from and decides whether they're going to accept that or become who they're meant to be. So I don't see why that's so hard. Yeah, agreed. Um, I loved it. I thought the end was the perfect note, not just for this trilogy, but the saga as a whole. Me too. I, I, you know, as a person who wanted Rey to be a Skywalker, um, this ending meant just as much to me if she had been an actual blood Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Maybe even more. I, you know, honestly, <laughs> I think I, I think I like this more. Yeah. Than... And her and like seeing, you know, Luke and Leia as Force Ghosts, like together again was just very yeah there was tears <laughs> mm-hmm. i i cried yeah. um yeah so the last jedi the or, last sorry jedi. not the last jedi <laughs> I'm just, the force awakens the, f- the rise of skywalker the last jedi the rise of skywalker the rise of skywalker as we set up near the top is a hot mess of a film <laughs> it's a film that has brilliant moments interspersed with pacing wtf wonkiness uh a lot of wtf (laughs) unearned redemption uh unfairly sidelining characters aggressive heteronormativity Mm -hmm. but it's pure star wars distilled yeah if we look at star wars as a whole it's a hot star wars is a hot mess (laughs) punctuated by brilliant moments nothing encapsulates star wars more than the rise of skywalker does and for those of you who were disappointed in this movie and this might have been the first time you were ever disappointed um like i'm sorry like i don't want to diminish that because it does hurt when something you love ends up disappointing you but there's a lot more to star wars um I and I say this as someone who stepped away from Star Wars many times because I didn't like what they were doing, you know. The books killed my favorite character and I hated what they were doing. So, you know what I did? I stopped reading them. <laughs> but I was still a fan of Star Wars, you know? And you know, there's the best thing about Star Wars is that there's something for everyone and you don't have to consume every part of it if you don't like it. Mm-hmm. They won't come take your fan badge away. Well, Lord knows I'm not consuming everything right now. Nope. I'm not reading every comic and every book. Oh, I'm not. I um, I still haven't read like um, Master and Apprentice and several of the other books that came out. Yeah, I mean, so, when those books came out, I just wasn't in a very prequel mood, so I yeah. didn't pick them up. And we still haven't watched Clone Wars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. But there's also stuff in there I do love. I've got a review copy of Alphabet Squadron uh, mm-hmm. queued up on my Kindle. Um, I love I love the book that came before it. Yep. There are there is a it has never been a better time to be a Star Wars fan 
than it is now. Nope. There's so much stuff about so many different things and people and times and places that you can find something that'll work for you, something that you'll enjoy. Yep. You don't have to like everything. In fact, you probably shouldn't like everything. I question people who do. Um. So, yeah, I totally get it if this movie didn't work for you. You're Me not too. wrong for it not working for you. But I that agree. doesn't mean it doesn't work for other people. Like, this film hits on some story elements that deeply resonate with me, which is why I'll never be able to hate the film. It does yeah. some things I love, and that's just Star Wars as a but whole. But you know, every Star Wars movie does stuff that I love and does stuff that I hate. Mm -hmm. Even my favorites. Yep. So. It's, uh. You take what you like and leave the rest. Exactly. <laughs> All right. I guess that's going to wrap up our discussion of the rise of Skywalker there. Yes. Um. The world is not great right now. It was hard to record this. I think I've been putting off recording just because everything feels so frivolous at the moment. And... I'm trying to gather but my thoughts here. <laughs> my thought is if we can make people smile or laugh or just provide entertainment to people then it's doing something good this episode of tsr uh has been brought to you by you our patreon subscribers patreon.com slash tashi station get in at the one dollar level and you can join our patreon exclusive slack um columns and news are at tashistation.net you can find all of our other podcasts and shows there uh we're available on itunes uh, with the dedicated show feed as well as the Tashi Station uh, radio mega feed, which contains all of our shows um, from, or sorry, all of our episodes from all of our shows. Um, thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys all next time. So long. Bye. TSR is brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash Tashi Station to help us keep the lights on and to get access to our Patreon-exclusive Slack team.